Greetings and welcome to the Antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host, Recovering People Pleaser and ASW Encouragement Coach Von Fuller, and I am so excited that you are back with me as we progress on this journey of living our best lives without the cape. The title of this episode is Parents and the Pandemic. Y'all, it's still here. It is still here. So we're going to talk a little bit about it from the parent's perspective. All right, let's get into it. Again, welcome. Before we dive into today's topic, as always, I want to address a few things. One, I am not a licensed therapist. I am solely a person that is passionate about encouraging you to live your best life. Two, I'm a Christian and I'm going to share personal experiences that will involve my beliefs. I will not force my beliefs on you in this podcast. And three, I'm a woman, hence the podcast name. And I'm surrounded by a lot of women. So a lot of my examples will be of women. However, men, please know, I know we have supermen out there as well. But if you're feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders, but feel like you can't say anything because you have to maintain a certain image, then you are in the right place because this is a podcast for you. And if you enjoy hearing encouraging tips and tools to go from overwhelmed to overjoyed, Join the Encouragement Fam. We are here with open arms. Remember to like, subscribe, and review, especially if you have Apple. Okay, so now that we've gotten all the logistics out of the way, let's discuss parents and the pandemic. And before we get into the nitty gritty, I want to welcome my return guest, my lover and friend. <laughs> <laughs> certain age group okay so anywho luke my boo welcome back thank you my boo my boo my boo shout out to <laughs> Justin. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay so this is gonna be a little different y'all if y'all can't tell already this is way more laid back you have two very tired parents here and uh <laughs> We get silly when we get tired. So, I don't have a beacon of encouragement for y'all. I'm just, <laughs> just going to let y'all know up front. That sounds super depressing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Should I not say that? I don't have nothing for y'all. We're going to talk about the pandemic and then I'm going to bed. I don't have a quote. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to talk about the the truth of parenting in an unprecedented time of the pandemic. All right, let's get into it. So, Boo, you're a parent. I am. What do you think about... Well, first, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself to the people? Because, you know, you are more than just my boo, even though, you know, that is a very integral part of your life I'm sure <laughs> no I'm fine <laughs> stop it <laughs> go ahead introduce yourself I am a 
husband. I am a father. I am a believer in God. I am happy to be here. A writer extraordinaire. Working on that part. No, you are a writer extraordinaire. And you gonna say that? A writer. Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. You working on publishing, but you are already an extraordinary writer. Thank you. Take that, take that. <laughs> I wish y'all could see his face. Uh, okay, so this has been a hard time, right? I don't think anybody expected the pandemic to last as long as it's lasted. I did. Okay, well. (laughs) I I did not expect it to last this long. I thought it was going to last a year. And so we kept our daughter home, who's school age. She started kindergarten last year. So we kept her home and did a homeschool model, essentially, for kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And we thought the pandemic would be over and then she'd be going to good old taxpaying public school for first grade. We did. And so, yeah, here pandemic is still here. <laughs> the Delta variant is one of the most contagious variants. But where we live, we have six different variants starting at Alpha and working its way down. So, yeah, not fun kids this time are getting impacted worse by the variants than what they did before and yeah so there's just a lot a lot to take in and I think probably in each generation parents have one unprecedented thing that they have to raise their kids through this is ours I hope this is it for ours for real so what has been your experience what has been your take I mean, I guess we can share, we decided for our daughter to continue in the plan that we had initially prescribed last year, and she is going to school this year in the building. She is in a language immersion program, and because it's a language immersion program, you have to start early. So the last year of eligibility... What? The last year to be eligible (laughs) is first grade. And so she's in first grade this year. So we had a tough decision. We had the choice to either try and keep her home another year and, you know, do homeschooling for first slash second grade or put her in school and let her do the immersion program which is something that we can't teach her because we're not bilingual. At all. So, any notes, anything to add? Any feelings about the situation? I feel like it sucks. (laughs) I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Care to give any details, sir? It sucks. You gotta say something slick. (laughs) I mean, you gotta say something slick. But, no. I mean, we, when we started homeschooling her last year there was definitely an intent to work her you know eventually get into you know a school building because one thing that homeschooling well homeschooling can generally provide interactions with other children because you can set up play dates and things like that but when you have COVID 
yeah, it shoots all your play dates in the foot. So, plus, let's not take out the fact that we're both two full time working parents, and so play dates on a Tuesday at eleven ain't gonna work. You know, so even for us, even outside of COVID, which we probably wouldn't have done it without COVID, um, that those play dates wouldn't have worked unless they were during the weekends or in the evenings, which wouldn't have happened. So, I mean, we would have tried some or at least got her to the park more like the way COVID is. Like, we're scared to take her to the park sometimes because... The way we operate is that we're masked up whenever we go outside, when we go to the store, wherever we go, we're wearing a mask. But generally, especially ever since the vaccinations started rolling out, people around us really don't wear masks like that. And children haven't really been wearing them at all. So Yeah, our kids a lot of times were the outliers for wearing masks and keeping them on. So it's difficult to take her places or take them places because you're worried about, you know, um, somebody gonna have it and pass it or just the fact that she sees all these other kids not wearing their masks so she feels like she feels like an outcast because she has to wear hers. I mean, just living with COVID has been difficult in itself, especially with having our kids, but then not living with COVID. Well, living in the COVID times. Mm -hmm. But sending them sending Layla to school is worrisome because there's really not and I would imagine any school that has brought their children back into the building doesn't really have a good plan for what happens if one of the children has COVID or if they show COVID signs you know so it's I think had it not been for the immersion program we might have kept her home again I agree I think Had it not been for the immersion program or if she was able to do the immersion program later. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I I agree. I think it would have been tough, though, because, for instance, right now we're teleworking. But for my job, we're scheduled to start going back into the office the beginning of October is when they're first starting the phase and they plan to have everybody in by January 1. I'm not sure if they plan on changing that due to the Delta variant. Nothing has come out as of yet. They're still moving forward with getting people headed back to the office on October 1, which is only a month away. And so me being home was a huge component to be able to homeschool her. Because even though I was still working during the day, I could use my breaks to check in with her. I could get her set up in the morning um, before I started working. You know, if I had my my 15 minute breaks, I would get her set up with something or if we could do a lesson really quick that she needed help on. We had a system where she would compile like her questions and stuff for when I was able to have a break and go to her. Or sometimes I would take my laptop in the room with her and I'll be working while she's working. And that's something that can't be done, you know, when you're going into the office. And so if she has questions and she has a simple question, which thankfully being in kindergarten, her questions were simple. I can answer them while still getting my work done. 
that can't happen when I'm in the office. And because I don't know when I'm going back into the office, you know, we could just be stuck like Chuck because you are a great help with her during the homeschool year that we had. But that was kind of more towards the end of the year that you were helping. So a lot of the beginning was just my daughter and I. And it was rough. I mean, she had to be, she did extremely well. She did extremely well. And I was super proud of her. But she had to be flexible. I had to be flexible. There was plenty of times we were doing work on the weekends, in the evenings. Structure was not a thing. It was, this was not a, okay, we're doing the homeschool in the morning. You do your morning basket. I tried. I set up the morning basket. It ain't work because <laughs> it did not work for her. And so, you know, where most people have more time to be able to adjust and readjust and, and have that structure throughout the day, she did not have that. And so it would be some more of that if we were to still be home. If not, then she's just going to be doing nothing until we come home and do something. And us coming home and doing something is going to be a struggle because when we're coming home from the office, we are pretty paranoid. Uh, I thought you was going to say we were, we're usually very tired after work. No, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say we're pretty conservative in in how often we go outside and interact with people because both my mother and I are immunocompromised. We have young kids, so we play it safe. We err on the side of caution. And so whenever we go out and come back home, we're like immediately getting out of these outside clothes and washing up. And so having to do all that process just coming home from work every day then feeding them dinner getting them ready for bed and then doing schoolwork like that's just not a feasible model and you can't unfortunately because we've tried (laughs) you cannot do a full weeks of work in a weekend every weekend you know we were just faced with some tough decisions So I think that I would like to say a resounding yes that we would be keeping her home if she wasn't in a language immersion program. Honestly, when I think about the logistics of it, I can't say that we would because of all the unknowns surrounding our jobs and just not being able to force everything happening in the evenings and the weekends, just being realistic in accordance with our schedule, in accordance with the things that we do, you know, so. I think that's been one of the big issues with COVID and schooling is that as much as schools have been offering parents a choice on whether they're going to keep their kids home or send them to school, a lot of parents don't really have a choice because schooling we don't we often don't think about how schooling is a form of child care and we don't a lot of us don't have plans or the ability or help to have someone supply that supplemental child care when schooling isn't if if homeschooling has to be the option I mean, the thing is, it's more than child care because it's curriculum. So while, yeah, it serves as child care, you having someone to babysit your child during that time frame is not the same as them being in school. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a certain curriculum that they're supposed to be learning and growing and, and all that great stuff. 
and having them there with the babysitter isn't going to provide that same thing unless you have specifically a babysitter that is also willing to teach curriculum which usually is not the case so as much as people like to say that school is a babysitter it's way much more than that you know i mean i'm not trying to say it's only a babysitter but it does also provide that function yeah it absolutely also provides that function but i'm all I'm saying is you couldn't just get a babysitter to sit in for that time. Or even if you were just home during that time, but you weren't teaching your child anything. Like, that is not making up for school, you know? So, but yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. It's it's something that parents, whether you're a single parent, whether you are a two-income household, you know, we definitely don't have all the same options and freedom to make choices in certain areas that I think we would like to as parents. So, yeah, it's tough. And I think as parents, we're all in these, living in these days and these times trying to figure out what do we do that's best for our kids. They don't have vaccines out for kids younger than 12. And so for all the kids younger than 12, honestly, personally, I'm just gonna say it, I think they should have had an option because you do have kids who are depending on school for meals and things like that or safety. And so I think they should have made it an option like they did last year. If you wanna go to school, you can go to school virtually or you can go to school in person. And for all kids under 12, I think that's what they should have did. I think there should have been a virtual option. This year, even with the Delta variant, there's not a virtual option for a lot of schools. And so they've taken that away and said, either you're going to homeschool or you're going to send your school, your kid to the building. And some states are even saying they don't need to wear masks, which is ridiculous. Kids are, well, I don't, I don't want to say kids. I'll say schools are like, petri dishes they are just breeding grounds for germs regularly outside of covid so how in the world are you gonna say that they don't need to wear masks and everything is gonna be fine like really really my kids since she's been home i just had this conversation with luke the other day i realized since she's been home we have not had one cold in this house everybody has been healthy when she was in daycare, that was not the case. Goodbye to that. Yeah. I just want to offer encouragement. I think it's it's tough for parents everywhere. There's a lot of things we wish we could do, situations we wish we could change, certain protections we wish we could have for our children. And unfortunately, we just do not have that privilege right now. But I want you to know that you shouldn't feel judged. You shouldn't feel bad for what you feel like you have to do and feel like you are doing the best that you can do with what you have. And so that's pretty much how I feel. I know that this decision to send her to school has probably been one of the hardest decisions I've ever made as a parent. And I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. But I'm praying I'm believing and I'm going to do the work to try to do as best I can to try to mitigate the situation, you know, and I think that that's all we can do. I think a lot of times parents shoulder the blame for a lot of things that in this situation with COVID should be on the government. 
should be on the states, should be on the districts. You know, the fact that you care more about dollar per seat than actually having kids in safer environments is crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. I just don't understand. I mean, I do understand capitalism, but I just can't fathom how that can be more important than keeping kids safe. All kids. You've been quiet, sir. What else is there to say? So you don't have anything? I mean, we're all just trying to figure this thing out the best we can. There aren't any simple answers for how this schooling thing can go with the tools that we've been provided with, you know? So, I mean, we're all just doing the best we can. I just, I hope everybody does their best to keep themselves and their children safe. And um, shout out to all the teachers out there that are going into the school facing, you know, hordes of students that, you know, some are vaccinated depending on their age, some aren't vaccinated, and just having to deal with the normal stresses of being a teacher with the COVID vaccination on top or with the COVID uh, pandemic on top of that, trying to figure it all out, even and sometimes when it feels like the school doesn't have your back, you know. I mean, we saw with the homeschooling that we were doing that when the teachers were doing virtual, it was basically all on their shoulders to figure out. So, I mean, there's not a lot to say because there's so much that you could say. You know, like Vaughn said, we're just hoping that we're encouraging folks that even though these are unprecedented times and this hasn't been easy on us as a as a world, we just keep pushing and, like I said, do what's best to keep each other safe, keep our family safe, keep keep neighbors safe. What else can you say? We're we're not a hundred percent comfortable with what with the choices that we've had to make, but we have to stand beside them and do the best that we can. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the the thing. There's no clean cut answer for anybody. You know, if you go even up the chain to the government, well, I I feel like they sh- this should be optional for virtual classes to continue. They're not having an easy decision, you know, because. This is a capitalistic society, regardless of of who's in office. And the pandemic has cost a lot of money. Let's just keep it real. So while I don't agree with the choice that they're making, I do believe I understand why they're making that choice. We do not share the same priorities, you know? And so, unfortunately, you go down from there, what they say impacts state. And what the states do, you know, how they're going to divide their funds up. And that impacts the local district, school districts, and how they decide to make, <clears throat> how they decide to make choices. And so, I mean, it's just, it's really tough for everybody. There's teachers who have died, you know, so big shout out to the teachers. We appreciate even pre-COVID, you know, teachers don't have it easy. Teachers, one, are highly underpaid. They should be getting paid way more. I don't understand how a country says, we believe the children are our future. We we sing that that song. Huh? When we sing that. What you mean when we sing that? You know, what's that song? I believe the children are our future. Yeah, what's it called? I guess it's a chorus. Give them a sense of pride, make it easier. 
But the children's laughter reminds us how we used to be. I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. If I fail, if I succeed. Is it called the greatest love of all? Oh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's not a state song, babe. That's just Whitney oh. Houston. That's just Whitney Houston? I mean, I'm sure other I people I thought she have sang it in the stadium somewhere. No? That don't make it a state song, even <laughs> if she did. I didn't say a state song. You was like, we sing it. <clears throat> we do sing that. People always say that. You talking about it? You said as a country. In the country, people always say that. As that children are our future. In the country with... are two different things. As a country means it is something that the country does as a whole. Like we say, the United States of America Pledge of Allegiance as a country. When people do across the country, people listen to back that thing up, but that don't make it a (laughs) national anthem. No, so I disagree with that. I don't disagree with the back that thing up, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree with the fact that when people talk about, including federal governments, talk about pouring education into, I mean, pouring education, pouring funds into education. And, <laughs> and investing in the kids, they always talk about how children are the future. So mm-hmm. while they may not sing the song, they are always using the sentiment that children are our future. It should be cared for. It should be protected. So I disagree that as a country, we're not, those aren't one of the laurels that we stand on. We, we act like that. I believe that politicians and government officials use that as buzzwords but i don't think it's like i don't disagree with you but that's exactly what i'm saying if we say that children are our future because we do say it from the president down supreme court down it is said that is one of the common things so if we're saying that children are our future then we need to invest in the people who are investing in our children which are teachers and so teachers should absolutely get paid more money. This was pre-COVID, during COVID, because I don't know when we're going to be post-COVID, but during COVID, they should absolutely be getting more resources, more support. I mean, last year was tough because they were asking teachers to do both virtual and in-person as the same teacher. Like, how? Houseway. Figure it out. <laughs> Houseway with the same money, same coins. I get that nobody has it easy. I'm absolutely um, praying for all of us. And I want us all to give each other grace. I don't think anybody is making decisions lighthearted. (laughs) But you disagree? I totally disagree. Okay, well, speak on it. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation about people that's not taking the COVID serious. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because they just out here skippity-doo-da-dance. But... Yeah, there's no point in talking about that because they're going to do what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I will uh, retract my statement. What I was thinking of is that as parents, I would like to hope that most of us don't take decisions about our children lightly. I know that you and I certainly don't, that we are very thoughtful and intentional about how we raise our children. And, I mean, we ain't perfect, but Mm -mm. 
we try our best to <laughs> my whole thing is i just want my kids to be better than me each generation should be better than the last i want my my end goal to be their starting goal and so they don't have to be perfect they ain't gonna be perfect because they didn't come from perfection unless you're talking about cheese but just to be better like i don't want them to be they shouldn't be on my level they should have no reason to still be on my level like nah and that's my goal and so I try to pour into them and that's when I say my level I'm just not talking about business I'm talking about spiritually emotionally mentally everything I want them to be able to grow from where we are you know and so that's how I look at parenting and how I try to make decisions. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that you are similar in a sense that you want your kids to to be the best version of themselves. And so we try to do all that we can to support that. Yeah, we try. That's all you can do. Yeah. COVID sucks. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Big eggs. <laughs> big eggs what yeah COVID sucks big eggs mm-hmm. I don't that is very weird COVID definitely sucks but I will say that I have learned a lot through COVID and I will also say that it has afforded us certain things that I don't think we would have been able to have previously I mean it definitely hasn't been all bad <clears throat> I just don't know if we'll return to a pre-COVID lifestyle, I don't think oh, that's possible. No. So that is gone. It's never gonna be going back to "quote unquote" normal. Yeah, that's that's not a thing anymore. And I think that's part of the problem with a lot of people. They're just they are determined that we're gonna get back to normal. That's gone. Like you just need to let it go. But if, let it go. The people that are most determined. That we going back to normal are the people that won't take the precautions for us to go back to normal. Yeah, because they want us to go back to normal yesterday. That's not how this thing works. Well, they ain't going to listen to us. Well. (laughs) I know. How should we end this? Just tell people that we uh, appreciate their time. And we understand that these are not easy times for any of us. And um, it's something that we're all experiencing in real time together. So Absolutely. Um, if you are, you know, pushing through, we applaud you. If sometimes it feels like you don't have the energy to push through, we want to lift you up. And, um, you know, we got to have each other's backs and continue to encourage and shout out each other when we're doing good. Lift each other up when we're doing bad, you know. Yeah. The only way we're going to get through this is for together. Yeah, communities to be communities. That's the problem. We're doing the opposite. Yeah. But That's a whole nother conversation. We are not doing the opposite. No. We are in support of you, the listener. Absolutely. I think that was perfect. We are in this together, and we support you. We love you. We are living it, too. We know that there's no clean cut right or wrong there's no perfect way to live through this and whichever way you go there's gonna be cons it just is what it is so know that this is a place for grace a place for encouragement a place for support 
and no judgment because I don't know if y'all caught my video yesterday but one of the things that I mentioned in my video that there is no breakthrough, there is no progress, there is no positive change, and there is no healing that has ever come from judgment. And if you know of a situation, please share. But I have never seen, read, or observed, or heard about any situation that has been healed from judgment. And so let's not do that. Let's work on the opposite. Let's lead with love. Let's lead with support. Let's lead with encouragement. We love y'all. We gonna get through this. We gonna be alright. Hopefully. Well, dang. You sound dark. I just am hoping humanity acts more humane. Oh, well, that ain't gonna happen. But we still gonna be alright. Amen. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode where we talked about parents and the pandemic. It was a laid back episode, as you can tell, but I hope that you enjoyed it all the same. And if you did enjoy it, feel free to join us on our Facebook group, The Antithesis of Superwoman Encouragement Collective. Also, follow me on Instagram at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman. And hit me up on my website, www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com. So y'all keep us lifted up as we keep y'all lifted up. We all in this together. We all trying to make it through, doing the best that we can. Love y'all. Thanks to my special guests. Always nice having you. No problem. I'm one phone call away. You closer than one phone call. So, hubby, please let the people know where they can find you. Not outside. <laughs> but um You can find me on all well, not all. Just Twitter and Instagram at Lucius Rights. Care to spell that, please, sir. At L U C I O U S W R I T E S. Thank you. Thank you so much again. It's always great having you. Cool, because you stuck with me. <laughs> All right, y'all. And if you like the episode, remember to hit subscribe, like, rate, and review. And thank you, guys. We'll see you next week for an all-new episode. And remember, no cape, no cap. Bye. Bye.